0: Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers.
1: Always a great
2: premise. Sound is really great today, Harry. Well, thank you very much.
1: We're 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 vast we're we're trying to improve here.
2: I don't know. Maybe you know no, I haven't cleaned my ears in weeks. Well, there, there, so there's that can, is the that can't be it. No. <laughs> anyway, welcome
1: to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander, Bunker de France here.
3: That's and
1: me. Uh, today is uh, an unusual topic, I suppose. Um that depends. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk boots. 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 Boots boots boots, 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 boots. In any event, cowboy boots. Cowboy boots. Uh, yes. We're going to attempt to um, take care of the long-running argument about where and who invented the cowboy. Invented boot. and developed, mm-hmm. created. Uh, made uh, lots of brought it into existence. <laughs> lots of controversy over that. Yes. But before we get on to that, uh, yes. today is uh, December 7th. It is Pearl Harbor Day. Yes. And uh, we uh, salute um, all of those uh, fine men and women. Well, uh, you
2: know, as a Navy guy, I was I was stationed on an anti-submarine warfare staff at Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor on Pearl. Mm-hmm. On Fort Island, mm-hmm. and I could look out the window and see the memorial every day. Yeah, uh,
1: I've not been there, but uh, all the pictures, they're very, very moving. In any event, uh, thank you uh, to and the you greatest know what's weird? Thank you to the greatest generation for uh, the service. Yeah.
2: And you know what's weird is you can go down there to the memorial and you still see bubbles coming yeah. up and yeah. oil coming up. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen years. that in
1: video. And also, it is the uh, important that um, yeah. uh, we, we mark uh, this anniversary, um, this first year we lost. A first year or a year since we lost our partner um joe dreyfus and uh we missed a little sucker
2: <laughs> big bigger than stuttgart you know i mean he's oh, he he is the true definition of a batty rooster cowboy yeah yeah and just as tough yeah, very. Will really <laughs> no, be no missed. question about that. No,
1: will be missed. Is missed. Is missed. Yes, he is. Yeah, and uh, his uh, his daughter posted something up on Facebook. Oh, uh, about uh, it had a picture of a giant plate of tacos. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's our that's a, that is indeed a, a wonderful memory of Joe. You know, I just it,
2: that just made me think. You know. Joe was always plagued with taco bandits, yes, he was now you know since then there's a awful been an awful lot of people who have probably dropped a lot of weight, not getting his tacos, stealing his tacos, <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, for sure, you know like the the four taco bandits of the apocalypse, <laughs> yes, indeed, yeah,
1: well, in any event, we're going to talk boots today, and um if you've got something that you want to uh. Get off your heel, <laughs> as it were, or don't tiptoe around it, please. No, um, just post, post it at our Facebook uh, page at uh, facebook uh, dot com slash voices of the west, and because uh, I'm I'm looking at it right now as we speak, and uh, just waiting for somebody to yeah. say something there. And if you'd say something bad, well, that's okay too. That's and, uh, I don't care. You know, we want to. Do we want to hear from you? Yeah. Heel, yes. Yeah, and uh, also, cowboy heel. Yeah, and if you. uh so desire and uh, would or would like to send an email to us. It's uh, at gmail.com and we'll get it all
2: taken care of. Tell us about your favorite pair of boots. About the first pair of boots you bought. The yeah. How the dog ate your best boots. Oh yeah. You know, well, a lot of boots what What is it about there. dogs and boots? Yeah. I mean, you know. Well, you know, it's cow. Dogs like cow. They like especially on the plate. Well. Yeah. Okay. And they like they were you know who better works cows than dogs. Well, this they do be working better than the cowboys. Do. That's is, yeah. why I said cowboys got cow dogs. Yep. 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 All right. So,
1: uh, shall we delve into? Uh, well, this, let's this? let's. Do oh, our, you've got some other yeah, stuff there. This is second. just a
2: reminder. We we told you last week, but if you, if you weren't paying attention, or you were but you forgot already. Uh, this next Saturday, that's December 14th, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., uh, It's going to be a Merry Christmas at the Empire Ranch. It's a historic western holiday spirit like no other. Come on down and celebrate. It's put on by the Empire Ranch Foundation located off of Scenic Highway 80 through on Empire Ranch Road. It's three miles back paved all the way. There's going to be music and entertainment. You can meet Santa I don't know if we're going to have a cowboy Santa or a traditional Santa. We've had both, so Mm -hmm. it's kind of a mystery. We'll find out who shows up. Uh, there's going to be make and take crafts, going to be local vendors, going to be a Hollywood, Hollywood, uh, holiday raffle, (laughs) cookies and seasonal beverages, and the ladies have been baking and baking, and I'll tell you what, you want a sugar overdose, overload. If you want, if you want the jitters on the road back home from all that sugar, that's the place to be and it's a good price free and you haven't had any of the uh, uh,
1: mistakes that i take it you were down at the ranch today so yeah. you, did, have you had some of their mistakes
2: well no, we well we did uh, allison made some of her famous uh, uh i don't know what, it's like kind of like a, a barbecue but it's like a stew barbecue and it's good though um, I was talking cookies. That wasn't cookies, no. <laughs> that I, I, I'm, cookie. I'm talking about serious eating. Anyhow, Allison, good groceries. All okay, right. now, there's going to be some music there by Bill Gantz. He's going to be singing. There's going to be the Saguaro Strutters. I don't know if that's dancing cactuses or or a bunch of cloggers or whatever, but it'll be, it'll be Saguaro strutting. It has, and, uh, the, the, I mean, the, the yeah. picture that
1: comes to the mind.
2: <laughs> Anyhow, if you want to get more information, go to www.EmpireRanchFoundation.org or you can call them on their toll-free number 1-888-364-2829 and also, this is just a fair warning I'm going to be down there and I'm going to be reading cowboy Christmas poetry mm-hmm. and some of them are some classics Yes, going you're going to hear some good stuff you're going to see some good stuff you're going to have a good time Guarantee it. And if you don't... That's your fault. Well, we're going to send Krumpus down your down your (laughs) Christmas tree, your chimney, steal all your presents, and leave coal. There you go. Boy, that's
1: a threat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. History of cowboy boots. Well, a cowboy boot is more than just a shoe. It's part of a lifestyle, and it's one of the key pieces of clothing that transform a person into something new. Amazing how just a pair of boots will start you talking like that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Even with them, what are you wearing? I, I'm not wearing boots. Yeah,
2: I'm looking. Just oh, you, oh, you, well, you got your, your
1: yeah, toes look okay. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not you don't, have, you don't have your flip flops. No, no, it? no flip flops today. Even with a horse, a cowboy hat, a six shooter, a lasso, and a dusty street at high noon. No cowboy would be complete without the boots. It's so funny when you see uh, in westerns when uh, uh, the good guy holds up the bad guys and and uh, take forces them to take off their boots and then tells them walk walk back,
2: walk yeah. back to town. They're going ooh 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 ooh. Know? There's one I can't think of the I can't think of the name. right, with with uh, Jim Cagney and this this kid that he's taken on out his yeah, ranch yeah. and he's got fell in with some bad fellows and they stole some horses Ah and. So anyhow he catches up with him and he's kinda, you know, he's gonna these the bad guys are gonna hurt, but he's, he's thinking about kinda letting uh-huh. letting the kid slide a little bit. Yeah. And right. then he discovers that the the rustlers had cut the hooves down to the quick. Oh. So that you know, also the horses couldn't get away yeah. and they're easier to hold sure. until they were sold, Yeah. And I mean, it, he just like you know. You know how is. it's like. All of a sudden, you know, the shoulders go up, the hands go down, and uh-huh. like right, you got take off those boots. You're gonna walk to town. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna walk until your feet are bloody. Yeah. yeah yep Yeah, okay. Anyhow.
1: Bunker de France, the man of five
2: voices. Five voices. <laughs> Where'd the
1: other four
0: go? I don't know. I don't
1: know. But yeah, that, that, that. And you know, the same goes for country music uh, fans as well. Try going out dancing or hitting a concert without your favorite boots. Just won't work. Boot scootin'. Boot scootin' boogie. Yeah. Oops and done. Uh, but what's the history behind those cowboy boots, Bunker de France? Well,
2: I've got some cow- I've got some cowboy boot uh, factulous thingies here. Factoids, factoids. Yeah, and uh, the idea of having special footwear while horseback is nothing new. No. Nope. Some sort of boot has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Every culture has had it in its own style, often unique and different. What makes a modern cowboy boot? Well, a narrow or rounded toe, a Cuban heel—that's a fancy name for a high sloping heel. Mm-hmm. No laces. Pack, packers are the exception, mm-hmm. and a high shaft or top. Mm-hmm. Now, the Roper is a modern type, uh, more handy for groundwork, because they're generally a flat heel. Uh, you know you just what, what you, people out You don't comfort?
1: need the 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 reason for that extra height on the heel is not to make them taller, as Joe Dreyfus would think. Uh, but it's <laughs> not, well, he would say that. I know, but it, it's to help keep your foot into the, in the stirrup because you've it got more
2: the, more meat slide, going on to it. Well slide through there, because yeah. you know you ride. And it's one thing when you're watching a western movie, you're not sure whether they can ride. Look at their heels. Mm-hmm. If their heels are down, they're probably a rider. Mm-hmm. If their heels are up or up higher than the stirrup, mm-hmm. woo, look out! Look out, Bessie! There's a wreck coming on. <laughs> Anyhow, okay. Now, who invented the cowboy boot? Well, Do you know, Harry? I, uh, you know, I, I,
1: I, I don't have have the exact name here. But uh, you know, I'm going to go out on a on a on a limb. You know what happens every time you do? I fall off. The, the steel chainsaw comes out. But, <laughs> but, but, but this time, I don't think that's going to happen.
2: Oh, I'm waiting for you, Harry, Duke of Wellington. Well, you uh, we were talking, so yeah. he, that's a, that's, a, that's a good that's a good... He, we'll explain later and get into that because. <laughs> You know, there's this thing, the first pair, you, said, you know, they said, who made the first pair? It's not known. Well, maybe it is. You'll find out later. This is this is to be continued and wrapped up at the end of the show. Controversy. Controversy. There, yes, there probably wasn't a true first pair. Well, there had to be.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, if that, you, you, how, how can you have a second
2: pair without a first? Yeah, was, <laughs> definitely, yeah. But, you know, it's definitely debatable, but there is a particular pair, which you Mm forementioned, which may be zeroed in a little bit. Now, uh, some of the first came out of Texas or Kansas, Mm -hmm. but is there any way to prove it? Nope. And is it really true? Maybe. That's the big thing. Yep. Maybe. Okay, moving on. One style that had an influence was the Hessian boot. And
1: for we those of you at home those are the uh uh they the, and,
2: and the uh, uh
1: Germanic countries uh, the, the Hessians the Hessians
2: and the Prussians Prussians yes and basically it was the military boots because uh after the middle ages when people uh, stopped running around in tin cans and started wearing <laughs> normal clothes uh they still had armies yep and the nice thing about that was the rich countries had armies with really pretty uniforms. You look at some of those uniforms back, especially the dramatics. Oh yeah. Oh man, they knew how to dress up no a kidding, uniform. kidding, man. Yeah. 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 Anyhow, let's Good see stuff. what else have we got here now. Oh yeah. A part of the cavalry uniform during the 18th century was the Hessian boot in Europe. Now, most had a rounded toe with a slight heel and reached to near or to the knee or higher. Uh, now, moving a little bit forward, getting closer to more modern time, we run into the Vaquero influence. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people think Vaquero is is a uh, Mexican cowboy. Well, he was, but before that, he was a Spanish cowboy, and the Spaniards were really cattle raisers for a long time. Yes, they were. Anyhow, the forerunner of the boot was what the earliest Spaniard Vaquero rode. Now, these Buqueros, who first came over here from Spain before there was a Wild West, coming (laughs) to Mexico, Texas, and a little bit later to California, Uh, they brought their traditions and way of working livestock. It spread throughout the West. Their footwear was quite like the cowboy boot. I will mention that one of the big differences was that they really preferred a low top. Mm -hmm. kind of like an ankle high or a little Mm -hmm. bit higher, which is still popular with some folks, Mm -hmm. especially as a dress thing when you don't want to go out with real boots and you want to fudge. Uh, One influence on the early boot was that they had to be strong, sturdy, hard-wearing, and most important, affordable because cowboys weren't like rich guys that could go out and have really fancy custom made handmade boots made 30 a month and found 30 a month and whatever you could find but that's the funny thing they would go out and spend good money, but they didn't want the fancy boots. They wanted those sturdy boots that, you know, would last until the next year when they would get another pair. Well,
1: that makes perfect sense yeah. to do that. I mean, obviously, you know, you have got a yeah. a now, job that requires yeah. uh, you to have certain kind of footwear and a yeah. certain kind of clothing. You're going to go out and get what you need the tools so you of don't the trade. What yeah, so you that don't was, get yeah. hurt. Uh, you know, the, hats, on the job
2: the yep. leggins, mm-hmm. or chaps, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And now, another influence comes along with, a little bit later. You move up into the era of the Hollywood Western, <laughs> and we, we're talking now from the uh, 20s, early 30s, and 40s. That's when the greatest influence, mm-hmm. think Tom Mix, mm-hmm. Roy and Gene, mm-hmm. beautiful fancy tops. All of a mm-hmm. sudden, pests were tucked in because... Mm-hmm. You got you got fancy boots.
1: You got to show that stuff so, off. Oh yeah!
2: Now the cowboy boot is still popular, and real cowboys still wear them. So whether you whether you choose functional or fancy or have both, they will always stand for heritage and history. So saddle up, cowboy!
1: We're talking about cowboy boots and the history thereof here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's time for our very first commercial break. So. We're going to do that and uh, then we're going to come back with mucho more music.
0: Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at tucsontrapandskeet.com.
3: Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper run your business. Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300.
0: 777
3: Hello, friends. This is Laura Darnell, the host of Homegrown KC, a podcast dedicated to exploring Kansas City's fascinating history and sharing stories from its rich past. Each episode will cover a person, place, or event in Kansas City's history. Homegrown KC can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Music, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. For additional information about the show,
2: please visit my website, homegrownkc.wordpress.com.
3: Read classic western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Take me back to
0: my booth.
1: find much of a, a much better crooner than uh, gene audrey there <laughs> boots and saddles Gene. A i
2: little, a little <laughs> oh, can't beat gene uh, no you can't you no. could but he I, i'd have uh, to throw we, we, rocks at you you
1: know yeah we don't we don't cotton to that kind
2: of thing so <laughs> yeah, a, lot of, a lot of tradition there well you know why don't i talk about a couple of couple of the boot manufacturers if i talked about them all we'd be here for a month of sundays because there's or literally saturdays. hundreds especially nowadays there's hundreds of them or, back or, then, or a
1: month of saturdays since yeah, we're here on saturdays in our
2: case yeah <laughs> and you know back then in the early you know during the cattle drive days because that's when they really got yeah. got sure. started and going yeah. uh you know, all these little towns in in Kansas and Texas, and then as the years went by and the cattle industry spread, uh, they all had cobblers, you know, bootmakers. Well, I think before you do that,
1: I think we need to go back to um, the early 1800s. I mean, there were boots being worn mm-hmm. uh, by tradesmen. Um, I can think of blacksmiths wearing... Uh, Boots because
2: you know, yeah, but those iron boots they wore like iron, but you well, know, yeah, not much. Flesh. But then uh, where I'm
1: trying to get to is the the Civil War period when um, uh, you have uh, armies fighting one another and supplies are short, and the shoes you get are brogans, and they well, don't for the enlisted man, yeah, they they, they don't uh, have a right or left. You make it yeah. <laughs> whichever one you want, well, yeah, and well, break you know, it in. You know, and some of their boots were like that too, um, but. By and large, the officers all had boots, mm-hmm. uh, especially cavalry.
2: Well, the, you know, the reason for that was because of the the higher vamp and the heel. Is that before that they actually had left and rights in the custom made yes, boots, but yes. because of that, it was hard to to control, and they yes. hadn't they hadn't finesse that that well in trade they, yet, to they, that and, point. And they were uh, mass production as well. Now, here's an interesting thing. You know, during the Civil War, the manufacturer, they, later on, they were actually making boots for enlisted men because it was, it was just like they were making clothing that was so mm-hmm. shoddy mm-hmm. that, you know, the first time it rained, it would fall, fall apart. apart yeah. Well, the, the, they yeah. were making boots like that. When the war was over, they literally had tens of thousands of mm-hmm. boots and, and hundreds and hundreds of warehouses, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which went out west with the cavalry, and because they were crap o'a they started getting local cobblers uh there's a one in one of the sites i was looking at there's a great story about back in virginia one of the army posts uh big posts and that's where they did a lot of development for you know Mm -hmm. to modernize and keep Mm -hmm. it up just like they do today Mm -hmm. and their bootmaker there was a Prime example of, of really good boot making mm-hmm, by mm-hmm, that time mm-hmm. yeah
1: it's a craft no question about yeah. it
2: yeah well let's talk about a few few of the cobblers or bootmakers there. We go back to 1877. Now this barber loaned a fellow named H. J. Big Daddy Joe Justin. <laughs> I love Justin boots. I, one of my favorite pairs was Justin's when I was younger. And of course, when he was when he was starting out, he was just called Joe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got to be Big Daddy mm-hmm. after he got older and mm-hmm. got bigger and fatter. And, and but anyhow, the barber loaned him thirty-five dollars well. to open. A one bedroom one room boot shop in Spanish Fork, Texas on the Chisholm Trail. Wow. Location? Location Location. location. Okay. <laughs> now and that was near the Red River. Now what he would do is he would take orders from the cowboys heading up the Kansas Trail to the trailheads, uh and then when they those cowboys would return south heading home, they'd pay for and pick up their new boots. Uh, by, by the way, I get that source of information from Johnny Boggs's *The American West* on film. Well, and little
1: it's, little plug for our amigo. Yeah, need no need to fact check that whatsoever. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you got to check. You got to check that, uh, Boggs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, now we move on to Olson Stelzer Boots, and. Now these, what's interesting about these, these boots Though some of the people that were fans or wore their boots, John Wayne, Dwight David Eisenhower Harry S. Truman presidents like boots, Roy Rogers was partial to the Eagle design uh, Gene Autry's 1942 Bluebird boots are on display at the Autry Museum, mm-hmm. I've seen them mm-hmm. They're beautiful boots, they are yes, now there's another boot company, I'm keeping this brief uh, Dixon Boot Company they made boots for John Wayne Hank Williams Sr., Ernest Tubb and many of the original Grand Ole Opry folks cuz you know country music is like you said earlier country music isn't country music unless they got them gaudy cowboy boots right. with the real pointy toes. That's right. And the cowboys go snicker snicker snicker. snicker. Yeah, I mean well uh, Which cowboys snicker a lot? We
0: <laughs> snicker snicker. <laughs>
1: um we we I I I'm not going to say what uh, we would call those uh, real pointy, real... The cockroach boots. No, no, no. They they kick some stuff. Oh, shit kickers. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. That's Bunker de France at uh, Voices of the West at com.
2: <laughs> well, you know, all I'm doing is saying what has been historically I know. and traditionally used, and for anybody that's politically correct and think that's... Evil, bad language. Bummer, you're an ignoramus. There you go. I'll yeah. insult you on on top of profaning you. Yeah, the the urban cowboy did not
1: necessarily uh, invent the West. <laughs> invent the West, or or really
2: help out much in uh, you know. Uh, you know, this is so funny. I'm glad you mentioned that because that made me think of the movie Urban, urban Cowboy, cowboy. Mm-hmm. and. Urban part is right. Cowboy part, that's a bunch of (laughs) hooey. These guys were oil field workers. Nothing wrong, you know. You know, it's like, you know, nowadays you're just as likely to see me in a pair of tennis shoes. Mm -hmm. Now, they're not just any tennis shoes. They're tinny llamas. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the reason I wear them is because I don't want some, if I wear cowboy boots, someone might mistake me for a trucker. So that's that's it. That's that's the, that's the story behind the story. And you're sticking by it. Yeah, I'm sticking by right. it. Now I'm going to move on to a bootmaker who's one of my favorites. And one of the probably mo- modern times, even though he passed away a couple of years back, was one of the most popular and sought-after bootmakers in the country. Okay. And you, I'll bet you know his name.
1: I probably do, but I'm going to let you uh, move okay. on with that.
2: Paul Bond. Oh, yeah. Down in Nogales. Mm-hmm and it's a family owned and uh, operated business since 1946 uh some of the people and this is this is amazing i went through a list of people and there was i mean these are named people not you know not you or me but people you would know recognize the name i want you to get ready to let your jaw drop uh, your jaw drop down around your knees baxter black Buck Branahan, Buck Taylor, Clint Eastwood, Don Edwards, Mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra, that Brooklyn cowboy. <laughs> uh who are the where we go? Gene Autry, Jim Shoulders, one of the greatest rodeo cowboys of all time. John Wayne, here he pops up again, Johnny Cash, Kevin Cosner, Monty Hale, my good old amigo, Paul Newman, Rex Allen, Roy Rogers, Sam Elliott, Slim Pickens, and that Beauty of the West, Reba McIntyre, and so on and so on. Lots of important customers yes and i'll tell you what you could go down there and this is one of the neat things about going down to paul bonds because i mean they fussed over you but somebody like me i'm not gonna I, i can't afford to go down and buy really expensive boots well if We'll say John Wayne had a pair of boots made, and they could get the boots, and he wasn't quite satisfied with them. Mm-hmm. He'd send them back then, make him a brand new, another pair of boots. Sure. And, well, mm-hmm. those boots would go on the shelf, mm-hmm. and instead of being on the shelf for four or $500 back then, yeah. it would be a hundred bucks mm-hmm. 50 to 100 bucks mm-hmm. i mean custom made beautiful boots with all the care and position that the the master could have, put have in have you ever worn a pair
1: of custom boots
2: yeah they were they were you know second not seconds but uh, you know it was like like the Paul Bonds, or you know, you go up, you go out to Nudie's in Hollywood, yeah. and there you go in there, and Nudie had some Hollywood prices. Yes, I, I, Todd took me there. <laughs> yeah, and you saw, yeah, but you know, you go in there, and all those, and then there would be some boots over there again that were made for somebody, yeah, uh, that yeah. for one reason or another, you know, they didn't like them, didn't right. fit right, or whatever, and just put them on the shelf with a tremendous markdown, <laughs> and if, if Nudie likes you. I don't know that he liked me or not, but but Monty Monty Hill was a really good friend, and I'd go in with Monty all the time, mm-hmm. and Nudie would get out his mandolin and play his mandolin, and, <laughs> and uh, Monty would warble a couple of good old trail <laughs> songs, and you know you, you, you get some good deals. Yeah. Monty would walk out with free stuff and entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Guess. Okay, I could mention Cinch Boots. I'm not going to okay. because they're kind of they're kind of uh, urban cowboyish. Well, not so much. I won't say urban because Scent Shops is a lot of rodeo cowboys are buying their stuff, but they're uh, they're kind of like a Walmart type thing, in, and <laughs> in, you know, and it's just you know very hyped up. Okay, we're going to move over to another another though the uh, the higher. Higher Boots, great boots, uh, they were founded around 1880 by the brothers Charles and Edward Hire. and Charles is traditionally considered one of the earliest boot makers. Uh, he made boots for Buffalo Bill Cody, Tom Mix, Will Rogers, and back in the saddle, Gene Autry. Now, we're going to kind of close out on the manufacturers, because you can't talk about them without talking about Luke Casey. Mm-hmm. What do you know about Lucchese? I know Zippo. Zippo. Well, (coughs) the the, the Lucchese brothers were two Italian immigrants that arrived in Texas uh, in 1882. Uh, Now, some of the early... One of the things about Lucchese is, uh, you know, there's like uh, the Ford, Chevy, GMC, cowboy price boots. And then you're talking about Ferrari, Mm -hmm. Lamborghini, Mm -hmm. you know astronomical sky high. Well, that's Lucasi's. You the, go into a Lucchese bookstore... The stuff, why would you even... Why would you
1: wear it? Because... Because
2: you're a pretentious snob. Well, that, but I mean, you know...
1: And because nobody else could afford them. Well, but again, my my point being, if you get the sole dirty, I mean, they're not new in box anymore.
2: <laughs> hey, you know, I won't say oh, Lucchese's are expensive, but you could go down and buy a pair of plain old... Cheapo acmes for about the price of the box the Luucasies came in. I see. Yeah.
1: All right, we got a uh, a message here from uh, our our favorite listener, uh, Sherrod. Oh, hello, Sherrod. And she writes, "Hey, do you know the difference between a city cowboy and a real cowboy? A real cowboy has the stuff on the outside of the boots." <laughs> Yep. Bless you, darling. Bless you. <laughs> That's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. And I think on that note, we'll just uh, take a stop right there and uh, do our next commercial break. Here on Amo Francie's Voices of the West, we are talking about boots. Boots. And boots. 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 We're going to go boot scoop boogie right out of here. <laughs> so we'll be right back. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. First, contact the Polash Management Company today at polashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Polash Management Company, property managers you can
3: trust. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. He recently served two tours in Afghanistan, where he received a bronze star for heroism and a purple heart for injuries sustained in combat. He recently left military service, and now he's unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Many of our men and women in uniform gave up good jobs and careers to join the military and take up the fight for freedom around the globe. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Please join with the American Legion, the nation's largest veteran service organization, in recognizing that veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. The training and experience they receive in the military is second to none. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help.
1: Have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse it Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax deductible donations to Horse it Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horse at around Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horse at around rescue.org.
3: podcast listeners, I'm Tom, the host of the Movies Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movies Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the
2: latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like The
3: Alexa Quote of the Show and may the odds be
2: ever in your favor and have a From the Cutting Room Floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movie Zealots. Until then, and that's a wrap. Stranger, you
3: just yucked yourself into a hole in the head. This is the Voices of the West.
1: Ain't nothing like having a little bit of uh, Yosemite Sam
2: in there, yeah. huh? Hey, it's better to have a hole in your boot than a hole in your head. There, there, you go. Yeah, that's yeah, well. Words, let's see. words to live by? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use I'm going to use Casey to segue into the next part of our discussion about cowboy boots. All right, Lucasi is the official bootmaker to the Calvus Cowboy cheerleaders. The what now? The more Dallas th- Cowboy Cheerleaders. Well, them Little white boots that they wear. Uh, the reason I do that yeah. is because we're going to talk about here that cowboy boots became fashionable bong nong cowboys. That's dudes to you other folks. Fancier with more elaborate stitching brighter colors and ever more intricate inlays and overlays where a lone star had once been more than enough for a fancy cowboy now multiple stars as well as images of cactus six guns lightning bolts and so on I mean, in some of these, some of these boots are in museums now. They're, They're
1: just, works of art. They are. They're awesome. It's like tattoos. Yeah. You know. Hey, Sherrod, uh, re- uh sent us another. Message. Oh, did she? She, she says the uh, best bargain in boots. She picked up a pair of belly cut python boots at a yard sale
2: for twenty bucks. Awesome. Best fit. Perfect. Python. Perfect. Oh, me. He's up to my knee. Oh, whoa, he swallowed my toe. Oh, heck, he's up to my neck.
0: Oh.
1: Well, at least you
2: didn't do backwards poetry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, well, now, see, what we're, what we're doing is we're talking about Texas chic. Uh, which kind of come across that come about in the '80s? Uh, Dallas ruled the TV airwaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Urban Cowboy was on top of the box office, mm-hmm. and around 2007, the Texas Legislature named the cowboy boot the official footwear of Texas. No kidding! Isn't that something? Hmm. You know, in, in Arizona, the, the I think the official footwear is flip flops. <laughs> That's so what those, it is. In those, well, you know those 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 goofy looking hiking sandals. You know oh, who wants yeah. to go hiking in the desert with sandals? Uh, you know I I never understood that. But. Yeah, it's like ouch. Yeah. Well, okay. Now let's move into another area. Okay, let's. I've got some information from a feller named Lyle Lovett. You might have heard of him. Don't touch my hat. Yeah, <laughs> he's like an institution in Texas. He's no a, kidding. He's a favorite son uh musician, the, actor, musician actor actor mm-hmm. yeah robert, all around all around good guy robert Altman couldn't make a good movie without him <laughs> you, you think He's a twin <laughs> a twin peaks character if there ever was yes definitely. anyhow let's see what we got here to say about him here okay uh lyle takes the subject to cowboy boots quite seriously I imagine so one of the most revered singer songwriters texas has produced now, here, here goes on. Here's just kind of what he has to say. This is kind of his his take on cowboy boots, and but I think it's a pretty accurate one. He says, there have always been a few general rules when it comes to boots. First, and this is good, wear your pants long enough. Real cowboys have a stacked effect with their jeans. That means that when they rest their foot in the boot, they kind of wrinkle up. Now, Harry... Why do they do that? Why do they wear them so that they they wrinkle up like that?
1: Well, you don't want stuff coming up the side of the side of your pant, your pant leg, right?
2: Where do you come up I with that know. kind of stuff? Any that's that's okay, that Harry. Harry sure I'm going to stop asking you questions, <laughs> serious questions. Okay, I expect serious answers. Oh, well. Well, the reason they do that is because when you're when you're mounted up on horseback, you don't want your boots. You know, you don't want your pant leg about halfway up your boots. Your boots are still covered. They're still protecting the boot tops and your leg unless you got them tucked in, well, in which right. case nobody knows whether they're stacked or not. Well,
1: and again, that's to protect crap from coming up into the
2: pant leg yeah you never know when that wily crap will start crawling up there i've seen it happen (laughs) i've had critters crawl up ever yeah crawl down too well i say where are we at here okay okay oh okay here we go um there we go. Okay, now in Austin, oh, Texas traditions. That's I'm not sure what that's talking about there. Okay, yeah, uh, that was uh, Guy Clark, Texas tradition. Uh, he was a legendary, legendary bootmaker, Charlie Dunn, from Charlie Dunn's shop, and Charlie worked Capitol Capital before opening his own place. And I'm going to skip that part of that there. Well, yeah, uh, kind of
1: we had been talking about where the most of the major boot manufacturers have. Located Mm -hmm. to now, Uh, and you you mentioned that they all seem to be in El Paso. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think so. My brother-in-law took me around a number of boot shops in El Paso, and. Well, like I couldn't afford any of them, but uh, they were sure nice to look at.
2: You know why part of that reason is? Why is that? Because if you go into those boot shops all across Texas, especially El Paso, even here in Tucson, or Nogales, you go in there and the fellows that are operating the machines, mm-hmm. doing the stitching and, mm-hmm. and putting the pegs in and all that stuff, they're... Mexicanos because these guys that's where the master boot makers are coming from right? yeah. and the saddle makers nowadays you know we got great yeah. saddle makers here but I mean these guys they, they you know they and they do, like you said earlier, they do it, I think, out of a passion because most of them don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. And
1: and their art definitely shows it. I mean, look look at our, our friend Bert from uh, at the cafe. Yeah. He brings in all of that stuff that he does. Uh, he cuts out uh, from with silver and bronze and, and does Beautiful. all that engraving. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, he's an artist he no really question. is that's, that's funny how many cowboys I know that they get a little older you know you're not you're not moving like you used to you got a little hitch and you get along mm-hmm. and they become poets they become artists they become they start singing western music They do silver work, leather work. Well, uh, that book that you brought to breakfast
1: yesterday about rodeo cartoons. Oh, Walt LaRue. Yeah, and you said that he had the, you know, he he would watch a scene be done. uh, uh, He's on set watching it be done, and he'd have a a a cartoon drawn uh, of the of the character (laughs) as they came back.
2: He'd see, you know, something would go wrong with a stunt or something, and. He'd, he'd have that moment of inspiration. He'd grab his sketch pad, whip out a quick sketch, and by the time the stunt man picked himself up and and waddled on back behind the camera, mm-hmm. he'd have a he'd have a cartoon yeah. drawn for him. Now I'm speaking about uh, old Charlie uh, here. What was it, Charlie Dunn? Now Charlie was famous for firing people, and Guy Clark was one of those people, and. So, when, so, so one day Sunday woman asked him, she says, how did you survive, Charlie? How did you never get fired by Charlie? And Lee said, oh, Charlie fired me every day. I just keep coming back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to yeah, do it. <laughs> Actually, let's move on down here. Let's see what do we got here. I keep firing
1: myself, too, but I keep coming back. Yeah, well, you know. And then I have complaints at HR. The only reason I come back
2: is the big money you pay me, Harry. There'll be a little something extra in your envelope at the oh, end of the week. God. More lint? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I like lint. You know, I get enough lint, I'm going to knit it into a sweater. So you could start a lint museum. Scarf. A scarf would be easier. A lint museum. Yeah, lint museum. The museum of the lint. <laughs> now, you know that they have a special wing of belly button lint.
1: That's why, why does
2: that not surprise me that's that's you know that stuff is rare okay what do we go here okay now with boots there's a million design choices that's a little exaggerated, but that's it's worth exaggeration because when you see those darn things, I've seen I've seen in the Autry Museum, I've seen some of jeans boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you look up some sites and stuff. You look at these boots and you look at the designs and just the colors and the leathers and you know the, the stitching and the inlay and the overlay. Which begs the question. I mean,
1: if you want to be fashionable, I guess, and that's why you're wearing that kind of thing, but. I don't know. I'm a basic kind of guy. I, you know, shoes are shoes. Uh, mm-hmm. If they fit me and, and
2: they don't wear out, I'm happy. <laughs> well, Harry, that's like that's the difference between me and you. And uh, Daddy Warbucks then mm-hmm. goes to Lou Casey, mm-hmm. buys a pair of boots that probably won't will last one of a pair of the time that a pair of Paul Bond boots will last. But yeah. and, they got bragging rights, and he probably only wears them once maybe only once and all they're good for is killing cockroaches yeah
1: so uh, let's talk about the uh, little fashion there with the difference in the toe size mm -hmm. so we've got the pointed toe Mm -hmm. that doesn't really serve any purpose except fashion i mean it's not a function
2: well I think it's just like anything, you know. There was probably somebody early on that said, Well, you know, if I got a rounded toe and I make it a little narrow, it's going to hit the stirrup a little easier. Because that was part of the purpose to get away, getting away from this, the old box toe, mm-hmm. is because you wanted to be able to hit that stirrup okay. and maybe at a run. Okay, that's understandable. Uh, and so somebody probably figured out, you know, because that, the pointy toe really came in into its great popularity with uh, the movie Cowboys not the Cowboys but the movies I should say yeah yeah
1: yeah but you know and I've never been able to wear a pointed toe uh, but rounded that's a different story I love rounded toe
2: and that's kind of the thing because you like nowadays uh, the, the, the pointy toe was in real popular not among the cowboys, but among the folks that wanted, you know, the wannabes, would be's, couldn't be's, mm-hmm. and they wanted, and they didn't know the difference, so they'd go down to, you go down to your local boot, uh, shoe store, boot store, and what do you see on the shelves? You see all those. Now, the heel, before we,
1: uh, then we'll launch into our break, but the heel, some of the heels are straight heels, mm-hmm. some of them have uh, an angle, slope. Slope.
2: And what's the... Uh, well again What what did you find in your research? Well, some on that? of that's function, <clears throat> some of that's the cowboy like the slope heel and the higher. In fact it it in fact you go and look at some of the old time cowboy boots that are in some of the museums and they'll be anywhere from two inch to four inch heel on them. So is that for the, so the spurs so well will the spurs fit any better that way well i mean when you got a pair of boots they got what they call a spur welt mm-hmm. if you look at it's one way when you look at a pair of boots and you're in a, a boot store and the heel comes down and it just smoothly transitions uh-huh. you know the the heel smoothly transitions uh-huh, into uh-huh. The, into the boot heel uh-huh. that's That's either a dress boot or a fancy boot. It's not a true cowboy boot. The spur welt will probably extend out about an eighth of an inch to almost maybe a quarter of an inch Mm -hmm. so that the boot, the spur itself, would hit on that so it wouldn't drop under. Now, the strap should stop it, but, you know, sometimes you get a little stress on the boot. You know, you get something pressing down like another horse uh, bumps up against you and you're, you're mm-hmm. getting kind of compressed. Well, you don't want you all of a sudden you don't want your boot, your heel, I mean your spur. I've got a spur at home that my granddad dug up mm-hmm. out in him in California when he was building a house out of the foundation. Spanish style sp- spur, single spur, mm-hmm. part of the uh, mm-hmm. spur strap was there, busted off. Some cowboy, Vaquero, got in a bit of trouble, probably. Somehow or another, that that spur got snapped off of his foot and was left behind. Hopefully, it wasn't left behind on a leg, but, you
1: know. We are talking boots on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander and Bunker de France. We've got another uh, commercial break to do, and we're going to do that now. Be right back.
2: Right back. (laughs)
0: Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Ol Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skate, five-stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon, an archery range. Check it out at tucsontrapandskate.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. Hi, this is Joe Montaña. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org.
3: 777-1911. Old Western Radio Theater every Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time only on the Voices of the West. <coughs> B.O.W. Radio. Well,
0: all of my life I've been trying to save
3: To get a pair of cowboy boots Sixteen years of my life I gave To get a pair of cowboy boots.
1: Yes, sir. You were a big star without your cowboy boots, weren't you, Bunker de France?
2: <laughs> I was not a midnight cowboy, Harry. <laughs> a little bit I big, was never a big star. A little either. bit of Dave Dudley there. I was, I was yeah. Uh... Boom, 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 boom,
0: boom! These boots
2: are made for walking. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm gonna do.
1: Right. I'm gonna stomp all over you. That's Don Collier doing uh, Nancy Sinatra yeah. song. <laughs> That's
2: right, Harry. I got a pair of cowboy boots here too. These, these boots are older, older than dirt. Yeah, I'm, uh, hell, I'm older than dirt. <laughs> we got well, we to get him back on the show. We do. We do. I miss dog. You know we we kind of teased you earlier on and i want to make sure we get this in here because we have a tendency to run out of time oh yeah we're going to settle the controversy right yes. here and uh, now yeah well first of all we're before we go back to that mm-hmm. i am going to mention a fella named saint crispin okay he's the patron saint of bootmakers yes he is now we're going to get into the history okay this is the hardcore history the true nitty gritty. All right. When the when the rubber meets the road, when the boot meets the stirrup, All right. this is it. Alright. Okay. Now the earliest record of the riding heel describes invading Mongol tribesmen wearing bright red wooden heels. They were dapper little dudes. I reckon, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Okay, where are we go. Okay, now at the Northampton Museum in England, can be found a pair of boots made approximately 1630. Wow. That's kind of before, you know, that's when people were just barely coming over to the, to the Americas. Now, these boots were high topped, had a pointed toe and a two inch stack heel with straight lasts. Also, at the Hampton Museum, is a pair of dress Wellingtons made in 1817 mm-hmm. long before the cowboy trail drives and all mm-hmm. of that okay they are a four-piece boot vamp that's counter counter cover front and back tops with beaded side seams wow. and that's now this is good that's the same layout as the modern cowboy boot hmm. By 16, 1868, Wellingtons were almost exclusively an American style. Now we're gonna get into that's with the rounded toe. That's well yeah, the rounded toe or it could have even been the the, the square toe. Mm-hmm. What we're gonna talk about now is that probably as close as you're gonna to get to as I can, as I can get anyway, and I don't I can't get too close to anything anymore, <laughs> but uh the duke of wellington mm-hmm. he went over to france and, <coughs> and he and he whipped a little short french guy named napoleon in a place mm-hmm. called waterloo mm-hmm. well he comes home and he's a national hero i mean he is a big, he's big stuff well the british army back in that time they were dapper dudes they still are kind of dapper mm-hmm. and he had not been happy with the the more hessian style boot he liked to so he had Mm -hmm. these guys are well they're wealthy well-to-do had custom-made boots so he had boots made with a lower top uh a little bit different heel and being the great hero he's like a superstar of his day all the teenagers and everybody else had to go out and get their beetle boots, or in this case, their Wellingtons. Or wellies, as they call them. Yeah, wellies. And so that was, that was you know, the thing. But this is the funny thing. If you go and you look at the Wellington, as I described it, uh, and I'm looking through this one one site, it traces the Wellington all the way up to now Mm -hmm. and it traces it with photographs Mm -hmm. and in some cases actual boots like we mentioned Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. that are still in existence Mm -hmm. and that was the cowboy boot it was just the adaptation it's changing the style now one other thing and this is kind of a uh, side story in Texas the uh, James Michener book uh and he pretty much he pretty much just wrote, wrote history and fictionalized it. And in, in the book, I got I got to say I think, I think it's the worst book he ever wrote. But that's beside the point. There's a, a section in there uh, when one America and during one of his periodical invasions of Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, they went down there, and, and part of the American force going down there was. Uh, a companies of Texans and one company was made up of Texas Rangers. And they got down there and then, you know, the war's over and they're kinda mm-hmm. looking around at the spoils of war. Mm-hmm. And they they noticed that the Mexican officers have got these great, beautiful boots, well ma- I mean well mm-hmm. made. Mm-hmm. And out you know, a few of them would take 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 the boots off the officers, right. prize of war. Right. Good pirate tactic. Ar- 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 uh but one of them was brighter than the rest, I reckon, because he said, "You know, somebody had to make these boots for these rascals." <laughs> they found them, they found him a bootmaker down mm-hmm. there. Now, th- this is th- depends on your opinion of history. Some say they talked the fellow into coming back to Texas with him, you know, made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Mm-hmm. Others say he just flat kidnapped him and, and, and brought him back. But that was supposedly one of some of the earliest boot makers in texas Mm -hmm. and that's just you know who knows what yeah the
1: wellingtons uh as as they are today uh they don't people don't think of them as a cowboy no um it comes about halfway up the calf Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the 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 leather boot now in england they have wellies that they those those are their overshoes or galoshes. There,
2: they put their Macintosh on, uh-huh. and they go out and they stomp and in puddles. Yeah. I see. <laughs> I see, Binky. That's a that's a bleeding good puddle. Let's go stomp it. Right, we should. Uh,
1: <laughs> and on that note, uh, we're pretty much out of time here for uh, this edition of Emil So much Franz's. for
2: puddle stomping.
1: Yep, this edition of <laughs> Emil Franzi's Voices of the West uh, for... Pearl Harbor Day 2019. Thank you again to the uh, greatest generation ever for doing what you yeah. did.
2: And thanks for doing that. Time.
1: In. And thank you for uh, tuning in to our program and up today. With us. <laughs> you know, we're pretty easy to put up with. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we go down pretty smooth. Yeah. A little whiskey. In like, your, a good, good. like a
2: good single <laughs> single note
1: scotch. Yeah, why not? Arr. What are we doing next week? I have no idea, but uh, you'll have to tune in to find out, already. Yeah, right?
2: we we got plans, but they depend on other people right now at this point. So, on that note, we will say...
1: 78, 79, adios. Uh, so long.